Welcome to season two of On Call with Dr. Dave. So season one was a lot of fun. We made a lot of discoveries. We learned a lot about podcasting. We were new to the podcasting world. Well, we're still learning a lot of things about podcasting. But, yeah. uh... And so for season two, we're not changing direction, but we are going to expand what we cover in the podcast. We still want to focus on the stories of medicine because I think that's really interesting to people in medicine and outside of medicine. But every episode we came away with thoughts and emotions about just the things that you go through in medical training, the what the spouses, significant others, family members go through, what the people in medicine go through, the trauma that we deal with. And that came up with almost every episode. Sometimes we cut it um, from the episode. Sometimes we left it in. But we do want to focus on that. So we're not going to, we're going to have special episodes. This, you know, people are going to talk about what they talk about. But in between, we're going to feature special episodes about mental health, burnout, um, succeeding throughout residency, succeeding in marriage, succeeding in relationships is going to be a focus of season two as well. Yeah. And also we learned about all the trauma we ignore that we put our heads down and don't acknowledge in the name of medical training or just getting a license or what our goals are here, or even the day-to-day being a doctor or a nurse or any kind of healthcare professional, what you don't have the time to deal with when you want to deal with it and how that affects your life going forward. And sometimes the timelines, we assume we're going to have time to deal with it at some point. So a lot of the stuff that we put off is because it was medical school. Let's deal with it after we're done with medical school. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's residency. We just need to get through residency. We'll deal with it when we get through residency. Now it's fellowship. We're going to deal with things. You know, things are getting worse. We're not connecting as much as a couple. Um, There's a lot of stressors on a relationship, but we will deal with them once I'm done with fellowship. And so you just put it off and it never seems to be a great time. And if you keep putting things off, you might find that you've put it off too long to salvage your relationship. Yeah. So we want to talk a little bit more about our experience and some of the things we did right, some of the things we did not do right, pass along that knowledge to you and um, hopefully incorporate our personal stories into all the other stories that we're gathering. Yeah, because we can only really share from our own experience. We're both... None of, neither one of us are psychiatrists, psychologists. We're not trained mental health professionals. I'm not a life coach. <laughs> and when I, talk, <laughs> when I talk to people about medical things, I often say, I'm a doctor, but I'm not your doctor. So nothing that we say is meant to treat or diagnose anything that you are going through. We are just sharing from our own experience and hoping you guys can find some truth within our experience and maybe apply that to yourself. Yeah. So the thing that we decided to talk about today was probably, I'm going to say top three worst days of our marriage. Would you say top three, top five? What do you say? There's been some doozies. Um, (laughs) We'll get into it. I was was telling some stories about all of our miscarriages and failed adoptions and everything that went through that in the OR the other day with one of the nurses. And Uh, she said, Dr. Dave, you have been through some (laughs) stuff. She was just... She was amazed about just all the stories just from that aspect. So we've we've had some rough days, but this was at that time, one of the worst days. I was going to say, this is like every med student's (laughs) nightmare come to life. Yeah. So we're going to talk about match day 2011. So for the audience that is not in medicine or didn't do the doctor route, 
you may not be familiar with match day. So when you decide to do a medical specialty, you go to medical school, but no longer do we graduate general practitioners. Pretty much everybody has to do a residency of some sort to then practice medicine in the United States. And you apply and you spend a lot of money. You fly, you drive, you sleep on couches, you try to save as much money as possible, but you send out your application to whatever specialty you're applying to. And then you spend the next several months applying, interviewing, sweating out all of the invitations, freaking out about all the places you want to go that don't offer you a place or just send you the no thanks, but no thanks letter. Well, you're also dreaming about like living in these places you're interviewing and maybe imagining what it would be like to work there and crafting this narrative in your head about what your life is going to be like going forward at every place that you go. So it's more there's a lot more emotion tied into this than you think, because usually you go into medical school with the goal of becoming a dermatologist or an anesthesiologist or a neurosurgeon or whatever. There's a there's an end goal there, and it all hinges on this process right here. And then once you've interviewed everywhere, you put in to a computer system, your rank list. So let's say you interviewed at 10 places, all 10 places get a ranking from you one to 10 on the order that you would like to attend that program. And every place it interviews, let's say they interview 50 applicants for that those spots that they have, and every program has a different number of spots, but let's say it's a residency program that has five spots. So they rank everybody one through 50, or there's certain people you just know you don't want in the program. So maybe they rank the top 30 or the top 40 candidates. And that all happens about a month before this computer algorithm lets you know if you matched or not. So on a certain day, the computer runs all of everybody's rank lists, everybody that's interviewed, all the programs it interviewed, and it spits out where you're going to go. You get an email on Monday and match days the following Thursday. You get an email on Monday whether or not you matched. And then if you did match on Thursday, you get to find out where. And you gather as a large group on Thursday so everybody can share and talk. And it's, it's a, an exciting day for everybody. It's a big party. Yeah. It's like everybody <laughs> opens them together. There's usually a big to-do about it. Yeah. And every year there's a handful of students that get a, an email on Monday that says you did not match. And in that moment, when you get the email that says you, do not, you did not match, your future is all of a sudden very uncertain. And it comes with a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm. It comes with feelings of failure, of just feeling like you just weren't good enough. Or there's also those, they don't see how good I am because you also want to, you, you know, there's that moment where you're like, no, I'm a good applicant. I'm a good student. Why didn't they see that? Did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? Did it just not work on paper, on the interview day? And you're trying to figure out why you didn't match. You're just you're just beaten down. You're sad. You feel shame, shame. Yeah. Shame's a lot of, I feel like, cause people are like, well, where did you match or where are you going next? And when you don't have an answer between that Monday and that Thursday though, you have what's called a scramble. And so you are feeling as low as you felt about your medical career. Then in those moments, you have a few days to try to find a spot. So sometimes residencies won't fill all their spots. So you have three days to call and to reach out 
and to try to find those spots. There's this second mini match where you're trying to get one of those spots. So you can interview, you phone interview, maybe you'll fly out really quickly. I went to the program chair to see what kind of help I could get. Um, that was a demoralizing experience. In the moment, I <laughs> I wish I could say it better, but I hated the program director because he didn't help me at all. Looking back, I'm not sure what he could have done because some of it's who you know, connections that you have, opportunities. Um, his advice was basically, well, you didn't match into a competitive specialty. You should just look at other specialties. That was it. That was the end of our conversation. He didn't give me any ideas or connections or people to talk to. And so I looked into other options. So I didn't get any of the scramble positions and I wasn't willing to switch specialties. So if I decided I was going to do something, I could have gotten into a less competitive specialty, but I didn't want to. Well, again, when you go back to the emotions you have tied into being this kind of doctor and you've worked so hard for so long to be this type of doctor and you get a no, you need to be a different kind of doctor. Not only is it a no for you don't get a spot. It's a no, you don't get to be that kind of doctor. You have to have a different future than the future that you wanted. And to wrap your brain around being a different kind of doctor or the fact that you're going to have to do this all over again. Um, those are two decisions that <laughs> are not mm -hmm. easy to make, especially when most of your family your friends, they know you want to be that kind of doctor. And it just, if it doesn't come to fruition, it's very, I think demoralizing is probably a very good word for that. Yeah. And we talked about shame, but also we didn't mention embarrassment. Yeah. So you're embarrassed. Uh, you don't know how to talk to people about it either. Um, everybody's so excited. So we'll fast forward to that Thursday. You all get in a big group and you talk about everything and they will read it off in a large group setting where everybody matched and everybody gets to be excited for people. So you're in a room full of happy people moving forward with your life and you are just sad and you are just, I mean, Ashley and I, at that point, we didn't want to do anything, but just go be by, our, by ourselves and hide. And we had friends and family and condolences, but nobody has anything that changes your future. Yeah. And nothing changes with the well wishes. So you're sitting in that room and you don't know why you weren't good enough for that specialty and what your next step should be. So once again, the future is unknown. Now, when you do interview as well, you do interview for intern years, at least with some of the specialties. Some of the specialties, your intern year is locked into that specialty, but mine was a separate match for the intern year. So I chose to... I did get an intern year. And so there's a couple options where you can move forward with intern year or you can do other things to try to make your application better. I looked at those other options. I even tried to get some of those options. There's things mm -hmm. called pre-residency fellowships. So there's very few things you can do to improve your application because next year you're going to be going against another competitive class of medical students. And on paper, if you didn't match the first time, Sometimes there's not much you can do to match the second time because your grades are still your grades. Your scores are still your scores. 
of one year of research, maybe that helps, maybe it doesn't. So there's not a lot of things you can put on another application a year later to really improve your odds. But a few things do come up, like those pre-residency fellowships within the specialty that you're looking at. So I applied to two of those, but missed out on both of those. Um, one, it was close enough that the program chair came to me and said, you were very close as between you and one other person. And that doesn't make you feel better. No, that's worse. That's worse. <laughs> so um, to know that you were that close to having a way to make yourself more competitive and then you just weren't, you quite, you weren't quite good enough one more time. So out of the people that weren't good enough for, to get a spot the first time, you were still not good enough. And they picked three people and you were the fourth that they would have picked if they could pick four. And let me tell you, that did not make me feel better about... <laughs> who I was as a person, my skills as, as a doctor, all the things going forward. Just solidified how you're just not quite yeah. good enough. So they, they joke in medical school that a D equals MD. So if you just pass your courses, you will get your MD. If you pass medical school, you'll become an MD. That's true. But that doesn't mean you ever get to practice. So you still have to pass all the board exams you still have to have some type of medical training to work as a practicing physician. If you only do medical school and an intern year, then technically you are a general practitioner, but it's very hard to get a job practicing medicine as general practitioner. And there's research jobs or other jobs or drug companies will hire you. But if you go to medical school to treat people, to be a physician, to heal, you can't do much with just the, what the intern year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And looking at my colleagues that also didn't match. So you get to know those people because they're the only people that really understand what you're going through. You all scramble together. You scramble too. together. You're talking. Um, I've, I have one friend. He was trying to do the same thing I did with ophthalmology. And he tried it two or three times. Mm -hmm. And then... After it didn't work out, he chose a different specialty and his life has gone on and he's been happy in that specialty, but it's not what he had planned to do. I had another friend that he kept going year after year. I met him during residency and he had to do three intern years before he got a spot. And intern year, I was clinically depressed. Yeah, it was bad news. It was a, it was a bad year. So yeah. <laughs> intern year was rough. So to, to imagine doing three of those. I don't think I would have been able to do that. I think I would have, I, yeah, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. We only know what we know. And I've talked to many medical students because once you're known as a person that didn't match and then you successfully do match in the future, so you become a resource to people. So over the years, people have called me and the one of the head guys at the medical school would call me every year for a few years saying, hey, there's a few people that didn't match would you mind you know, talking to them? And I would talk them through the emotions. And I, I couldn't give them much hope either. It's not like I was saying like, yeah, you'll definitely match. Keep going. It's you may, you may not. I don't know. But I would just try to reassure them that a lot of what happens, you don't have control over. But also doesn't mean anything about you as a person or your skills as a doctor. So now being years into it, I've been on the other side where we've interviewed medical students for residency spots. I've been on the side where we've interviewed people for fellowships that are great residents. And I wish we could find spots for every single one of them. If you are motivated and if you make it through the schooling, 
you are good enough to be a doctor. And sometimes it just comes down to just bad luck. The person that gets your, your application, you might be the 10th application they reviewed that day. They may have been handed a stack of 10 and you were number 10. And they were supposed to select two or three people from their stack. And they really liked the first two or three people. And by the time they got to you, they already had decided that they liked that one. If yours was the first one they read, you probably would have got an interview. But they got it. And the, just in the way it was stacked, you were the 10th one they read. Or you may show up on the interview day. And just that day, you don't interview with the right person at the right time. They're tired. It's lunch. None, almost none of it has to do with your qualifications. You are a good person, a good student, capable of doing everything that everybody else from medical school is doing. And it's just bad luck. Yeah. And I would add that just because things aren't turning out maybe the way that you envisioned doesn't mean they can't be amazing. Um, or it can't work out for the better of you or, or of your life going forward. So we, you know, Dave didn't match. And so we went on to intern year and we had this gap year, but because of the way things shook out, we were able to find our second son and adopt him. And it wouldn't have shook out that way if we would have matched right off right off the bat. Now, I don't know what that would mean for you or someone you know who does not match, but I do know that just because things don't turn out the way that we expect them to doesn't mean it's going to be awful. You can craft a life that works for you, that you love, where you still get to care for people. You still get to accomplish the things that brought you to be a healer in the first place. It's not... It feels, I know it feels like the end of the world because we've been there. <laughs> it really does. But the world does keep turning. And you're obviously a very capable, amazing person that is going to figure it out. Yeah. But also, even if you are somebody listening that has no idea about this process or did match into your specialty, you might be thinking, what does this episode have to do with me? So there are going to be setbacks in anybody's career. And it may not be match day, but there are going to be setbacks where mental health takes makes you take a gap year or a little time out, or maybe you have to see fewer patients after something happens. And there there will be setbacks. There'll be moments where you feel like everything that you work for has been put on hold by external forces outside your control. And as humans, we love control. We like to believe that if we do a and then we do B, it leads to C. We like these linear paths where we can say, I did all the right things and it should work out. And there will be moments where it just doesn't. And it almost has, it has very little to do with you. And like Ashley said, said the worst thing in our life at that point with the not matching and career-wise at least, led to one of our greatest joys in life. We met the right people. I had the right time. Um, even the people that led us to our youngest son, we wouldn't have met or known if I had matched into my specialty right away. I wouldn't have had time to be a part of that at all with my new son. And so it was, in retrospect, one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. But as you talk about it, as you see people get 
interview after interview after interview, and they are interviewing at the top places in the country, and they're trying to decide between this elite school or this elite school, and you're just hoping to get a spot someplace. And then if you move on, and then still people talk about it for a few years about where they interviewed and where they ended up matching, or if they got number one on their match list, or number two or three, and maybe you finally did match, but it was number four of four, or you didn't have many choices. There's always going to be that moment where you still feel less than because of the history, and you don't need to. You don't need to feel less than, and you are, a, you know, like I said, you're a capable, great person, and it has nothing to do with your skills as a doctor. And even if you struggle with learning or you aren't the most competitive applicant, that's okay. You have years to work on all these skills. You will become a very competent, loving physician. And honestly, a lot of the people I know that struggle in medical school become some of the best doctors because they kept pushing because they really, really wanted to be a doctor. And even though it was very hard to get through their classes, they pushed. And so they really are amazing clinicians and they spend a lot of time learning and just continuing to learn lifelong. And so I've really enjoyed some of those people that have struggled. I think that makes you a more interesting person. And, you know, there are less competitive specialties, more competitive specialties. The grades do come into play. The board scores do come into play. If you are lower than the average on grades and board scores, it will be harder for you to match. Once again, it doesn't mean you shouldn't try. And having realistic expectations are, is appropriate. And maybe you do consider other specialties that are less competitive, not because you don't deserve those specialties, but just because the way the system's set up. I think, like I said, if you finish medical school, you can be great at any of the medical specialties, but the system sometimes is what it is. Yeah, I just want to validate that if this is you or <laughs> this is... So maybe somebody that, you know, it just sucks. Like it's just, it just is so hard to walk through, but you're not, you're not the only one that this has happened to. And to be helpful to someone who this is the case, just, just be there for them. Just validate that it's, it's a reframe of thinking and, plans changing and dreams shifting. It's a, it's a loss and there's grief associated with that loss. Yeah. So yeah, it's okay to sit in it, which is one of the hardest things is you don't have time to sit in it right away. Mm -hmm. When you find out you don't match, you have three days of just nothing scramble. but work and the scramble to try to find a spot or to try to decide what you want to do. So you don't have time for grief, but it's okay to feel it and it's okay to think about it, but don't, be embarrassed about it. Don't think that you're less than most of the time. It really is just the way the system's set up or just bad luck. Uh, and, you know, all of us, I think that go through this are very capable and I've watched the careers of people that matched and the careers of people that didn't match. And I can't tell the difference. Um, but also if this is you and you feel like you need somebody to talk to DM us on Instagram, just know that we know what you're going through and like, we believe in you. You can do it. Are you up for talking to a bunch more people? <laughs> so the, the number of people I've talked about not matching has tapered off over the years. It has. It has. Um, you get out more than a decade from medical school. <laughs> and even the people you really connected with, you're, they, you know, they move on. There's new people. Yeah. There are people that went through it more recently. 
maybe my experience of the match is old, old maybe. news. And they have newer people that didn't match that will connect more with those medical students. The feelings are universal, my yeah, friend. The feelings, the feelings are universal. Are universal. Yeah. So well, we uh, wanted to talk about this just because I think it's the thing that nobody nobody talks about. Yeah, it's not not really the first thing I want people to know about myself either. I've, I've <laughs> not moved, even practicing for five years. Yeah, I've, I've moved past a lot of the emotional turmoil, turmoil, maybe? or the feelings of less than because I've worked and I've I know what my skill level has become or where I've ended up because of my hard work, and so a uh, bump in the road doesn't define me. And uh, not matching is not my defining moment. All my defining moments are pushing forward, interviewing again, going back out there. Getting a new son. Getting a new son, but showing up <laughs> to interviews, still with that smile on my face, still with that fire in my belly to to succeed and to be there. And those are the defining moments, not necessarily what other people did. Because when, when it's outside of your control, it's outside of your control. And I don't need to take that on. And even sometimes test scores or board scores or grades. If you've worked really hard and your grades just aren't where you want them to be, you can work hard or you can do different things, but also you are in a group full of really smart people. And some people just don't test as well or don't learn things as quickly. And that doesn't define you either. So a lot of the way that things are set up are external to who you are, but you can still become an amazing doctor regardless what the system um, says about you. So the start of season two, we wanted to just focus on some of my own failures. Uh, Brene Brown talks about being vulnerable and being vulnerable invites people to be vulnerable. So when people come on the podcast or when they listen to the podcast, I want people to be okay talking about failures. If we only talk about our successes, nobody's going to learn anything from our successes. Yeah. Nobody gets that, oh, wow, they succeeded. I can do that too. I mean, it, it's more they failed and they still persevered. That's what's interesting. All the movies are about heroes that stumble and then succeed. Nobody likes just somebody that's like perfect all the time and then they succeed all the time. That's a very boring story. So... Also, if you want to share your story, please reach out to us. You can see us at oncallwithdrdave.com and on Instagram, oncallwithdrdave and DMS. And we would love to have you on. We'd love to hear your stories. If you want to ask us a few questions about maybe this topic or a different one, we'll do our best to answer them. And why does every podcast ask you to rate, review, and like the podcast? So other people can find us. <laughs> so if you like what we do or you want to hear more episodes, the only way to grow the audience is for people to do that. Same thing, the algorithms will rate things higher the more interaction we get on the platforms. So please leave a review. Please rate us if you can. And then also hit the share button. Send your favorite episode to a family member. And then hopefully you open up and have more conversations.